Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. wasn't for me and uh, one Sunday morning we was in here and I knelt right there and I just I told God I was sorry that I put limits on him because I knew he was trying to tell me stuff I knew he was trying to use me in ways but I had put limits on him so that I could stay in the comfort of what was what I where I wanted to be I love kids. I can, I can do kids all day long, and, you know, whether the anointing's there or not, I can, I'm good. I love kids, you know what I'm saying? And uh, anyway, I just, that day, I just prayed, and I said, God, I, I surrender. I surrender everything about me for your will. Whatever that looks like, whatever you want me to do, my answer is yes. And from that day on, I, I got up from there. And I didn't know what he had for me. I didn't know what was going to happen. But I know when I got up from there, I felt a million times lighter. And it wasn't a couple days later, he started speaking to me, speaking to me, speaking to me about, it, about this. And it, it's just a, a, an unexplainable joy that come out of that surrender. And I just wanted to thank God for that tonight because uh, it's about him. It's not about me. And if I never stand here again, if I only go out there and, and preach the gospel of my life, that's all, I, that's all he wants. Whatever he wants me to do, that's what I want to do. So tonight I want to come out. I had a, a lot of scripture, and uh, I'm going to do my best to show me. Uh, he has shown me some things in ways that I, I've never experienced before, so I'm going to do my best to just go with it. So I'm going to come, and I'm going to start out of Genesis chapter 15. Verse 1. I'm reading a lot of my scriptures out of the Amplified tonight. I'm going to take this water. Okay. It says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. I am your shield, your abundant compensation, and your reward shall be exceedingly great. And Abram said, Lord God, what can you give me? Since I am going on from this world childless, and he who shall be the owner and heir of my house is this steward. And Abraham continued, Look, you have given me no child, and a servant born in my house is going to be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man shall not be your heir, but he who shall come from your own body shall be your heir. And he brought him aside his tent to the starlight and said, Look now toward the heavens and count the stars. If you are able to number them, then he, then he said to him, So shall your descendants be. So God is talking to Abraham here, and he's, he's showing him his promise. He's showing him how his identity of who he is. Okay, This is in the beginning, after a lot of stuff had happened. God came to Abraham, and he is telling him who he is. Okay, I'm going to skip over to Genesis chapter 16, verse 1 through 5. And it said, And now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. Remember, in, in chapter 15, God had promised that his, his heir was going to come from his own body. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abram, See here, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. 
I'm asking you to come into my maid. It may be that I can obtain children by her. And Abram listened to her and heeded to what she said. So Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her Egyptian maid, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his secondary wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarah said unto Abram, My wrong be upon you. I have given my maid into the bosom, and when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judges between me and you. So here you see that Abram did what Sarah wanted him to do. Even though he had his promise, he knew his promise, he knew who he was supposed to be, God had already told him that, Sarah came to him, and an outside source had came to him and said, hey, let's do it this way. God's obviously not answering our prayers, so we have another option here. Let's just do it this way. And Abram says, okay, let's do it. Immediately after, here we go. This person that you trusted from the outside is saying, okay, it's your fault. You let me choose the wrong thing, and now you're going to be the one pay for it. Okay? Next, we're going to go to Genesis 17, verses 1 through 6. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, okay, I forgot something. In Genesis 16, when all of that happened, Abraham was 86 years old. Age here has a, a, a big part of what I'm teaching tonight. Okay, so right here, Abraham was 86 when Ishmael was born. When Abram was 99 years, God, years old, God appeared back to him. So it took that long of Abraham living on, knowing that he had went against who God said he was for God to appear to him. Okay? And when Abram was 90 years old, and 99, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face. And God talked with him saying, all right? So God showed up for Abram and Abram fell on his face. Right after Abram fell on his face, what did God say to him? For as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. So God here is restoring Abraham's identity. Abraham went through all of this, fell on his face, and God is restoring his identity. So in the next few chapters that I'm going to teach you, or that God's going to teach you through me, because it's definitely not coming from me. I know this sounds like it's really loud. Move it down. Okay. First I wanted to reassure somebody in here that it's not too late. Somebody needs to know that it is not too late for God to restore the promise that he has for you. 
for the identity that he placed inside of you, you feel like you've already messed up so much that he can't, you can't fall on your face and him restore your identity back, you're wrong. Abraham, one of the heroes of faith, had to come back and fall on his face so that he could come. And, and God immediately said, you are the father of many nations. The same thing that God said to him before he went the ways of the world, he come back and said, no, Abram, this is still who you are. So that's what I want to start with you, that you will know that Abraham was a great father of faith and he let outside voices steer him away from what he knew was true. So right now, before we get started, I want you to erase every bit of shame, every bit of doubt, every bit of, of whatever lie you have that's been holding you back. You have to let that go right now. In this moment, there, there doesn't have to be an altar call. There doesn't have to be a, a moment right now before we get into the Word. You have to know it's not too late for you to go back to where, what God placed in you before you messed up. Okay, so that's where we're at right now. All right, so we have to accept that. All right, now I'm going to jump over. Everybody knows that after this come, then God came to Sarah and bore her a child. Okay, so we're going to jump over to chapter 22. I'm going to read the whole, I'm going to read from uh, verse 1 through 14, and then we're going to go back, and I'll show you what God showed me. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. It says, Now Abraham journeyed from there. Nope, I'm in chapter 20. He journeyed and journeyed and journeyed. All the way to 22. After these events, God tested and proved Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. God said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering upon one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and then began the trip to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. And Abraham said to his servants, Settle down and stay here with the donkey, and I and the young man will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Then Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on the shoulders of Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his, hand, in his own hand and a knife, and the two of them went on together. And Isaac said to Abraham, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. See, here are the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt sacrifice? Abraham said, My son, God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering. So the two went on together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there. Then he laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took hold of the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He answered, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear and revere God, since you have not held back from me or begrudged giving me your son, your only son. 
Then Abraham looked up and glanced around, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering and an ascending sacrifice instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide. And it is said to this day, On the mount of the Lord it will be provided. Father, I thank you for the, this night, God. I thank you for this word. God, I pray that what you want to say tonight can be said through me, Father. I surrender every bit of me, God. I surrender my will, Father, for yours. God, I pray for ears to be open, hearts to be open, God. I pray, Father, that, that we can listen with our spirits tonight, God. And I thank you for the opportunity, God, to be used by you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so in prayer, I was praying uh, one morning at my house, and I was just praying, Father, thank you. I thank you, God. And then I started praying, God, give me the faith of Abraham. Give me the faith of, of Noah. Give me the faith of Daniel. And all of a sudden, I said, and the faith of Isaac. And I was like, like, I come up, and I was like, what did I just say? So I just kept praying, but I just kept going back. Give me the faith of Isaac, God. Give me the faith of Isaac, God. So I, immediately I come up because I knew God was trying to show me something. So I, I got up and I got out my Bible and I just started reading. And I was thinking, but Isaac was just a kid. All he did was he, he did what his father did. His father said, right? His father said, get up, Isaac. We're going. Get the donkey. Get the wood. Come on. And, and my whole life I've thought that's what happened with Isaac. But in, in prayer, God showed me that's not what happened with Isaac. So I started studying and I started reading and I realized that Isaac was a man. Isaac was at least 25 years old whenever, Isaac, whenever Abraham took him for sacrifice. And once I got that in prayer and I started reading, actually on the bottom of my Bible that I don't ever read, it says... Isaac, who was perhaps 25 years old. You don't read the bottom of your Bible anymore? Yeah, like the, bi the bottom of Bible. Not my Bible. <laughs> no, I read my Bible. <laughs> the little bitty letters on the bottom, you know? The footnotes, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so Isaac was a man. Okay. At this point, Isaac was at least, some say 25, they, some of them say 20, anywhere from 25 to 37 years old. Or 30, you say he's 33? Right, because it's the same. So let's say that. <laughs> so anyway, Abraham was on in his 100s, okay? So this changed everything for me. I realized real quick that God was telling me why we have to have the faith of Isaac. So I just, I've been studying, I've been digging, but, and God has shown me that we're in a season of having to have the faith of Isaac. As a body, as a community, we are in a season of having the faith of Isaac. So I'm going to just start reading and we're going to dig in. Okay? So when, I, when Abraham got up and told Isaac we're fixing to go, right? It took three days to get from where from they started to the top of the mountain. It took three days. And it took what? 14 scriptures. Okay? But in these three days, you can't, I can't help but wonder 
what happened as they're going up this mountain. But obviously, Isaac wasn't saying, Daddy, no, don't take me up there. Isaac was going. He was carrying the stuff. He was willingly walking up this mountain with Abraham. Okay? He, he didn't have doubt. He wasn't asking him. He, he just said, okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. It's not only a, a, a physically exhausting thing that he did. It's a mentally exhausting. I don't know if you've ever ran 30 minutes, but I know I have. And it's mentally exhausting. <laughs> Ain't it, Lacey? Yeah, it's exhausting. Getting up in the, out of the bed knowing that I have to go run is exhausting. So they're on a three-day journey carrying wood and, and, and all the things that they brought up for their sacrifice. It's a mentally and physically exhausting thing. And uh, one thing I noticed that there's nothing mentioned about, about this. Of, of him having to ask. Isaac just does what he does. He goes on with it. Whatever his father asks him to do, he does it. As they're journeying up this mountain, I can feel the father's heart, and I can only imagine what I would be feeling if I was Isaac. So I got in one, in one part of it, I was thinking, God, what, can, what, what is his father thinking? Yeah. Like, he don't know what... He, I, Abraham really didn't know. He didn't know if he was going to have to kill his son and God raise him back up. He didn't know what was going to happen. But he had to be the father and say, okay, I have to do this. I have to do this with my son. It hurts me to have to do this, but I know it's necessary because of where God's taken me. So, and, and let's see, let me get, I'm trying not to get a hold of myself because I'm so excited. Okay, in verse 5, let's go to verse 5. It says, And Abraham said to his servants, Settle down and stay here with the donkey, and I will go yonder and worship and come again to you. What stood out about me about this verse is he had to separate Isaac from his people. Okay? So in this process, sometimes, even though we're following the will of God, we have to separate ourselves from good people because there's something God's wanting to do in you. Okay? He's not saying you're in this alone because I promise a lot of us a lot of times feel like, where is everybody? But a lot of times it's for your own good. Okay? So before, before Abraham could take Isaac continue taking him to the, to the farthest that he could go, he had to separate himself from the people who could have had a say in it. Yeah. Who not, if they would have went up with Abraham and Isaac, I bet you anything, the people on the side would be like, no, Abraham, don't do that. I'll go get, it. I'll go get yeah. you this. There would have been so much distraction there because they didn't know what the father had told Abraham. So in this verse, that's what he had to leave them behind. The good people, the ones who have helped them up their journey, the ones who have helped them get to where they are now. But he said, you can only go so far with these people. You have to go the rest of it alone. You can't let other people go all the time. I, I, I promise you, I want Lacey, I want Star, I want Bobby to go everywhere with me, but there comes a time I have to say, I can't do this. I can't do this by my, with you. I'm sorry, but I have to have a day to myself because me and God need time. 
So in this, he's saying, I can't do what I have to do until I have you alone. So they went higher and higher, and the higher they got, they had to go alone. And they had to trust that God, the closer it got, they had to trust Him more and more and more. Because the higher you get, the more the logic and the knowledge says, are you crazy? The, the higher you get, the more you're thinking, oh, but God, this can't be God. This can't be the loving Father that I've learned about. He wouldn't take me here. Yes, He is. I'm telling you, He has taken you here. And you're fixing to learn why He's taking you here. So don't question where you're at right now. You're right where you're supposed to be. Even though it don't feel like it, you're where you're supposed to be. They went to the place that God told them to go. They went, they went to build the altar. They got there, and they started laying wood. And God just threw this to me just a while ago. He said, there is no sacrifice without fire. I was in prayer because this whole time I've been thinking, yeah, he's carrying the fire, but what's it have to do with it? Well, he spoke to me just a while ago and said, there's no sacrifice without fire. It's not a sacrifice if it's not hurting you. It's not. I can tell you all day long that I'm sacrificing whatever, but if it's not hurting me, if I'm not wanting it or if I'm not missing it, it's not a sacrifice. So there, that's why the fire is there. The fire is there because there is no sacrifice without the fire. And then the word says, he bound Isaac. Abraham, being a hundred and whatever years old, bound a 33-year-old man. Did Isaac have faith? Because I promise you, a 100-year-old man would not bound this 33-year-old woman. No. Yeah, he had a knife in his hand. He had fire. He had wood. And he bound Isaac. Abraham binding Isaac was Abraham binding his flesh. My child is my flesh. When you marry your spouse, the Bible says... They become bone of your bone and flesh of your flesh. And Abraham sacrificing Isaac is Abraham laying his flesh on an altar and bounding them up. Go with me. Isaac willingly bound up his flesh because he trusted God. Abraham willingly let him bind him up because he trusted the Father. Galatians 2.20 
Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in this body I live by faith. In by inheritance to and reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And now I'm going to go to Luke 9.23. And that will be my last scripture. Luke 9.23 says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. All right, the cross is where Jesus' flesh was crucified. Our flesh has to be crucified every single day. God can't do anything with us until we willingly bind up our flesh as Isaac did. Do you go up the mountaintop willingly or does God have to drag you up there to tell you what he has to tell you and you moan and groan the whole way up there and then when you get up there you question why would a God that I serve bring me to this place or do you willingly let him bind up your flesh and say it is not my will, it is your will be done it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me do you make him drag you and make the process hard or do you say, I'm waking up, I'm walking up the mountain here today, and I, I'm going to bind my flesh because my flesh does nothing but gets me in trouble. It does nothing but gives me all the desires. It tells me I need this when I don't. It gets me distracted. It keeps me to where I'm, I, I'm so distracted with things. Maybe they're good things. Who knows? Just, I don't sin, but I can tell you right now, I, I've been some really, really distracted with some things to where my eyes are not on, to where if my flesh has not been bound up, if God took me somewhere and made me sacrifice myself or my child, I don't think I would have done it because I've been so distracted with things that are of my flesh. Busyness is of my flesh. Having the faith of Isaac means that I trust God enough that I lay myself down my way down. You don't hear Isaac saying, but dad, what about this? We can do that. Let's do it my way. There's a, hey, dad, we can go get a lamb. I'll carry it up the mountain. I, I like to tell God how I want him to fix my things. I like to give him little, little nudge. You know what I'm saying? God, uh, I need some money, and there's this place I can go get a loan. So, you know, just tell me yes. Just tell me yes. It don't have to be money. Whatever it is, everything. But I have learned that even your financial, don't go do nothing without him saying do it because he could have that, he could have that for you and provide it for you right around the corner, but because you can't bind your flesh up and you have to do it on your own, you miss out on knowing the true nature of your father because you get mad at him. Let's be honest. I get to a place. I, 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 this is the last part of this, and I'll just go with it. But the last uh, scripture says, Abraham took his knife and was like this. 
How many times have we been doing the will of God? We've been in it. We've been uh, serving. We've been praying. We've been studying. We've been doing this. And I'm like, this is going to take me out. We, go, we get somewhere and we're going through these things. It's literally like, this is going to kill me. God, where are you at? Well, Isaac was laying there with his father in a knife. Can you imagine? He's saying, this is going to kill me. But if he didn't let God bind him up, if he didn't let his flesh bind me up, he'd have never heard that rustle in the, in the bushes. What, don't you think that is the greatest thing Isaac has ever heard in his life? This thing is just about to kill me, but I can hear you because every thought of the world is bound up right now. I'm waiting for it. I can hear you. If it does kill me, guess what? He'll raise me up. But if it don't, I'm at a place where every thought has been brought into captivity. Every bit of it because my flesh is no longer there. I allowed him to tie me up. God don't want to pick you up, throw you down, tie you up like a bull rider. He don't want to. He wants you to lay down, say, it's not me. I surrender. I surrender. I surrendered. Right here, I surrendered. And after I surrendered, it was the craziest thing. I began to hear God in ways that I ain't never heard Him in my life when I truly surrendered and said, it's not me anymore. I don't care. My husband, we're spending time together this week. I'm going to be honest with you. Right now, I'm in the best place I've been in years. Years. Have circumstances changed? No. Yesterday he was like, man, I love the Christmas shoe. That's what Bobby told me. He said, I love the Christmas shoe. It's not the Christmas me. It's the full of joy me. It's the peace me. It's the me surrendering my will for God's will. I wake up with this joy bubbling over because the surrender, I have surrendered. I have surrendered. Take your hands off. He wants you to take your hands off. You will not ever know Him in the capacity that you can. You can get by. You can get by. You can. You can be a good saint. You can be a good Christian. And you can never take your hands off and know God in the fullness of His glory. If you don't take your hands off. The, the, the definition of surrender is abandon oneself entirely. People of the world would think this is insane. But the, amount, the, the surrender that we can, need to get to, to where we have the faith of Isaac, is saying when, he, when I climb this mountain, because I will climb it, he won't have to drag me. When I climb this mountain, whatever he says to kill... I kill it. Whatever he says to take out, I take out. Whatever he says to lay down, I lay it down. If he tells me not to eat chocolate, I won't eat chocolate. That's, I know, that's serious. He ain't going to tell me that. He's a loving father. 
but he wants you to be willing to lay whatever it is down because the sacrifice, Isaac would have never known. See, see the, the beauty of it is Isaac was a promised child. But Isaac didn't see God providing himself for Abraham and Sarah. See, Isaac had to have his own encounter with Christ to know him as father. See, he didn't know what Abraham knew. Abraham knew it. Abraham had no doubt oh, he'll either raise him or he'll provide a sacrifice. But Isaac, on the other hand, only knew it from what his father said. If Isaac would have bucked against it, if he wouldn't have had trust, if he wouldn't have had the faith, he'd have never knew God as Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. And the little brush in the in the bushes, that's my God. He always shows up. He's there every time. This thing is not going to kill you. It's not going to kill you. You have been thinking all this time that, 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 that God would not bring you to this place. I must have done something wrong. The struggle shouldn't be this far. I shouldn't feel like I'm alone. God separated you. So that when he separated you, your faith isn't in your husband. Your faith isn't in your wife. Your faith isn't in your pastor. Your faith is in your God knowing that he is Jehovah Jireh. He has separated you. You feel alone because he had something so much better than your best friend or your husband or your wife could give you. He brought you to a place to say, just listen. Just listen. Bind it up. Bind every thought. Bind every person. Everything. Every outside source. Notice he brought him up a mountain away from everybody. Everything. No outside source. Because he needed it to be him and him alone. He has you there for a reason. Abandon yourself entirely if you want to know God as Jehovah Jireh. You will never step into your full anointing, your promise, whatever it is you're waiting for, you'll never step into it until you bind that flesh. And you may think you have. <laughs> you may think you've bound your flesh. But think about it. I hadn't bound my flesh. But the moment I did, the moment I did, ain't nothing in this world can bring me down. Nothing. Nothing. Because when you're in the will of the Father, what do you need? He's Jehovah Jireh. He's your peace. He's your joy. He's your provider. He's everything. And, and, and let's go to the next verse after. Let, let, let's stop. Let's go back. I'm still in Luke. Let me go back to Genesis. Uh, where are you going? After all this happened, 
And God said, don't lay a hand on him. I've got you. Then God come back and, and the angel of the Lord called Abraham from heaven and said, I have sworn by myself since you have done this and have not withheld from me or begrudged giving me your son, your only son. In blessing I will bless you. And in multiplying, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of the heaven and like the sands on the seashore. And your seed will possess the gate of his enemies. There is so much in this one verse. God is, is coming back and telling him, here it is. You, this is your seed. This is what I promised you. This is what you have. And because you trusted in me, I've provided you. And not only that, I have given you the gates of your enemies. Not just for you, but for all your descendants. All your descendants. If you do this now, if you bind your flesh now, it is a whole generation that's coming under you. Because as it said, as soon as you bind the flesh, I give you this generation and this generation and this generation. See, Isaac knew not to fight Abraham up the, uh, up the mountain because of the generation before him. He just knew I can trust my father. See, if Abraham didn't have this, if Abraham hadn't bore into Isaac, if he hadn't taught him, if he hadn't showed him by living an example, Isaac would have bucked up against him. If I took my child and I, and I told them, here we go, let's go up this mountain, would they trust God enough because of things they've seen in me? Would they? Because that's what we're supposed to do when we do this. It's generational. We're teaching them. When you bind up your flesh, you have a direct connection to the Father. When you bind up your flesh, there is nothing in between. Your thoughts can't get in the way. Your friend's thoughts can't get in the way. The world's thoughts can't get in the way. When something is not of it, you all backly know, that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. I'm going to read Romans chapter 1. Chapter 12, verse 1, out of the Passion. It says, Beloved friends, what should be our prosper, proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be His sacred, living sacrifices and to live in holiness, experiencing all that delights His heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. What did it say in Genesis when He left the ones behind and took Isaac? He said, I'm going to worship. Surrender is the root. Sacrifice is the fruit. When you surrender, see, you can't sacrifice until you surrender. You can. You can sacrifice. But, but when you surrender, then all the sacrifice is for him. Because you've surrendered your flesh. It's no longer your flesh. But now you're sacrificing everything he tells you to do. 
So tonight, tonight, my job was to come here and tell you that the season you're in, the season we're in, is it, it, it's, it's where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be here. Stop questioning it. And just, and, and just buckle up and enjoy the ride. Okay? It's exciting. It's exciting because that, that journey is almost over. And on the other side of that journey, just like Abraham, as soon as he sacrifices, that was the last thing. That was the last thing holding him back from getting to possess the gates of his enemy was binding that flesh. He had to lay it down completely in order for him to be able to move forth and possess his identity and possess the gates of his enemy. He had to lay down his flesh. We can't hear, we can't see everything we need to see without binding up our flesh. It's so much stronger than we let on like. We think, hey, I can go a day without a phone. Try it. Try it. Try to go a day without a phone. I can go a day without eating. I can get in my word. Try it. You'll wake up so hungry in the morning. Somebody that don't eat breakfast will wake up so hungry the moment you say, I'm going to fast, and I'm going to get closer to God today. Somebody you ain't seen in in two months is going to call, Hey, let's have lunch. What do you say? All right. God can wait. He don't care. And the truth of the matter is, he probably don't care, but this is for you. This is about you binding your flesh and saying, I can't do it today. Today's for me and God. We think we have bound our flesh, but it's the last thing we're holding on to. And God says, it's what I'm waiting for. It's going to hurt. It's going to burn. You have to have the fire in order to get the sacrifice and move on and step in to the position of being able to possess the gates of your enemy, to possess the gates of this community, to possess the schools and all the homeless, and all the hurting, and all the children. We're there, y'all. We're there. All we have to do is sacrifice ourselves, bind ourselves, bind it. And he'll do it for you. He'll show you. He'll teach you. He'll love you through it. I can just imagine Abraham lovingly doing this to Isaac. Because he, did, he don't want to hurt you. He wants to pull you in closer and say, listen, listen for me. You'll hear it. You might think it's going to take you out, but it's not. It will not take you out. I'm going to pray over us. Father, I thank you for this word. God, I thank you for the revelation that has come to me. God, I thank you for the life-changing encounters that I'm beginning to have with you, Father. And I pray over every person in this house tonight, God. I pray, Father, that your word 
would go in, Father, and that they would be able, God, to just hear your voice, God, that we can tie up our own wants, our own desires, God, that we can tie up every distraction, Father, and that we can hear your voice, God, from afar. Father, that we won't stop, we won't move, God, until we hear your voice. God, let us be still in your presence. Let us be, be expecting, God, that you're going to show up any moment, Father, knowing, God, that the place that I'm at right now, God, is right where you want me to be. God, I pray pray, Father, that you will just grow us in this, God. Let us go through things, God, that, that no one can take away from us, Father. God, that you are changing us, God. You are changing us from the inside out, Father. And that we will not be the same, God. We will be exploding with joy and peace, God, that the world can't take from us, God, because we've already laid it all down. We have nothing to lose, God. All we're doing is just trying to hear your voice, Father, that you can speak to us, God. Tell us where to go, what to do, who to speak to, who to give to, and what to do, Father. I thank you, God, that you are willing to lead us in every direction, God, that you want us to go, Father, that heaven will come down to earth, Father, as soon as we bind our flesh, as soon as we lay down our own wants and desires. Father, I praise you, God. I thank you that you want to, to, to be with us, that you want to grow with us, God, that you want us, Father, in our heart. All you want is our yes, God, and tonight we give you our yes. yes. We give you our yes, God. We surrender. I surrender my life, God. I surrender my ways and my wills, Father, for your wills. And God, I ask that you, you, you bless us in this, God, that you carry us through this, Father, that we, this isn't going to take us out, Father. It's going to take us deeper with you, God. And I thank you for it. God, we thank you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.